Welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast, episode five. What have we got this week, Jane? We've got Little Rabbit Foo Foo. Oh, well, um, I might have a bit of uh, poetry for podcast wives. Oh, I wonder what that is. We've also got an amazing guest who is celebrating and marking and noting their year of lasts before they leave the teaching profession after so many years. A really wonderful guest coming up. Yeah, great. And um, I think we need to talk about trolleys for teachers. Not trainers. Not trainers, trolleys. Miggets. <laughs> Shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. I'll say the regular listeners. I've got some regulars. Heather, that'd be nice. How are you anyway, babe? What are we going to call the regular listeners? Oh, I don't know. Just the teacher squad. Is that it? Squadders. The squadders, the gang. Oh, the teacher lovables still hanging in there. They haven't gone and applied to Tesco's yet. (laughs) Let's hope not. They're whooshing if they've gone to Tesco. <laughs> so how's your week been, babe? Um, it's been good. Yeah. Uh, it's been busy and lots and lots of uh, author goodness. So, yeah, pretty good. What I want to know, Jane, is how are your trainers going? Oh, I love my trainers. I've been in a much better mood with the with the comfies on, I've got to say. And um, somebody said to me this week... Um, you and Heather are like a job share. And I just thought, oh, that's, you know, that is lovely, isn't it? You know, but and I feel like when we do the podcast, it's like a Wednesday afternoon. It's and we've kind got of, PPA together. Yeah. And like we're, you know, trying to plan, not doing very well at it, gossiping. <laughs> gossiping. <tea. laughs> yeah. And Terrible. then, uh, yeah, that's cute, isn't it? You know. Obviously, the most important job share of the whole universe is the uh, moon and the sun. And we're nearly as good as that, I guess. You know, <laughs> you're the moon in the night, her. a little bit, you know. And I'm the Naughty. sunshine. That's cute. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I feel I'm start. I was just getting a bit of a Teletubby moment then of seeing that little face in the sunshine appearing. <laughs> Oh, I love the Teletubbies. That's real brummy realness. Yeah, love the Teletubbies. Um, yeah, well, um, I am grateful for the Teletubbies. Um, oh, good. Which one's your favourite? <laughs> Tinky Winky, obviously, no hesitation. There you go. Is Tinky Winky the purple one with the handbag? Yes, of, of course. course. <laughs> of course. All the accessories, it had to be you, Jane. <laughs> Oh, I've had a I, few funny. Go on, I've had a few funny looks this week though, because I've kind of been checking out people's footwear just to see if they're like, yeah. you know, wearing the flat shoes like us. But then, if you can't do it subtly, it looks like you're looking people up and down. It ain't a good look. <laughs> I need to work on it. All these teachers thinking I'm going, oh, look at you, and I'm not. I'm like, woo, flats. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the gang. Oh. I am so grateful, though, this week for, um, and you'll know exactly what I'm on about when I say this, 
but it's it's a bit of a twist. Um, you know, um, Little Rabbit Foo Foo by Michael Rosen. Um, yeah. You know, love that book. Um, I, I just want to talk about the Foo Foo for a little. <laughs> you want to talk about your Foo Foo? <laughs> well, it isn't my Foo Foo. Okay. It, it was. Okay. Picture the scene. I it's... don't know whether I want to. <laughs> Okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. Go on, go on. Right, so I've got um, like a teacher centre, which is so wonderful because teachers come to it and we talk about um, lessons and teaching, reading and writing and spelling. And it's a classroom, basically, my teacher centre. And you get to know, like you do, like everyone does, you like your local shop and the people that work there and it starts off with you know you recognize the regular you know all of that and how's the weather and um there's a woman there who I always a chin wagging with you know going to get the milk or the office biscuits or whatever and uh, she was stacking some shelves and I went to the till and she kind of winced and sort of hobbled over and I was like oh are you okay? Are you all right? Is it your back? You know, is it your back? And we've had three years of kind of weather chat and, you know, we've got to know each other reasonably well. And she kind of just went, oh. She didn't even look over her shoulder. She just went, it's my foo-foo. And I knew exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, three years of, you know, oh, the hobnobs are on offer. Um <laughs> <laughs> we've uh we got to the foo-foo chat and um i as this explanation is kind of being passed to me i just almost like the one-stop roof opened and a shaft of light came down and i just felt overcome with the warmth of kind of Davina McCall realness and that I was a disciple and I had to uh, spread the word because her complaint of a UTI, a little bit sore to wipe, you know, it was getting uncomfortable uh, in the foo-foo department. I'm like, I, I know this. I know this. I am working on the ground for Davina. I know this. You need like no cancer risk you need fufu estrogen and it's so it's a game changer and she didn't know she didn't know about this little estrogen suppository that just you know gets rid of UTIs because of declining estrogen and it's like if you stop doing HRT because you've got cancer risk in your family you know it's it's no risk it's so localized it's no risk and it keeps all of the microbiome uh, in order, staves, you know, uh, off UTIs and, you know, irritability, babe. So, yeah, <laughs> I just felt like grateful that I had foo-foo knowledge to share and pass on. I know this podcast is supposed to be like teaching relating, but I'm taking it to its broadest degree of education, just education in general. <laughs> so yeah. Well, do you know, and that, and that information is for everybody because we all will know somebody who might need fufu estrogen at some yes. point in their life, yes. whether you're male, female, or 
other identifying. Yes. And looking after people who have foo-foo issues, having the knowledge, being true kind of feminist heroes. I hope that's what we are. Uh, I, I, I can feel heroines. a new, new back-of-the-door poster coming on. <laughs> How's your foo-foo? Need some foo-foo? <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like, um, yeah, that was that was a good moment. Like having knowledge that is enlightening to somebody else and passing it on, it's just just makes you feel so good. Yeah, and I really did. And um, w- I hope you've done some good and you're grateful for something this week. I, I'm, I'm very grateful, non-foo-foo related. Um <laughs> Yeah, totally non-foo-foo related. Um, but I just was grateful this week. I've been out and about with Maz Evans, uh, seeing lots of Cornish kids and telling them all about her new book, Oh My Gods, which I may or may not mention later on. Um, and I kind of, you know, arriving at, they were all at the cinema, hundreds of kids come in and me lugging 10 ton of books in there. And just, just the nice people who just say, would you like a hand with those? Oh. And it makes a real difference. And there was a really nice chap who was um, at the cinema organising uh, that end of it. And he was like, would you like a coffee? Oh. And That's it was good. like, you know, and it comes just at the the right moment. And I don't drink a lot of coffee, but it made me a nice latte with the right amount of sugar. And I was oh. really grateful for that kind little gesture. I don't drink a lot of coffee. I mostly drink tea. And somebody else who does constant little kind gestures is Mr. Reading Rocks. It's like he's got this spidey sense for knowing I haven't got a a brew in my hand. (laughs) It's like thinking, oh, my goodness, get a brew in her hand. She can't cope without that. She needs some uh, tea in her veins. It's not not caffeine related. I'm a decaf girl. Oh, do you get a bit of, um, do you get palpitations if you have caffeine? To get a bit like uh, overawed. Yeah. Well, when I first came off the caffeine, because I do drink quite a lot of tea, I was one of those, you know, teachers in the staff room who was like on a on a bungee cord back to the kettle because I need about eight, ten cups of tea a day. Yeah. When I first came off the caffeine, there were like symptoms, you know, headaches yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. I can I can deal with one or two caffeine cups, but mostly I'm a decaf girl. Yeah, I've gone decaf. <laughs> I've gone decaf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, I've gone decaf until, um, you know, I'm on my fifth hour of driving and I'm like, I'm having a turbo Red Bull. Get it down the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm off my tits all night till three in the morning. Can't bloody sleep. <laughs> Giving it large, putting a donk on it. <laughs> oh, um, I, can't, I can't do Red Bull. What's your tea of choice? Oh, uh, Yorkshire. Yes, it's the right answer. I was born in Hull. I know I was brought up in Birmingham, but I was born in Hull. So there's a lot of kind of, um, there is, there's a northern beginning in my life. Yeah. 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 Yorkshire tea. Absolutely. Married to a Yorkshireman, but Yorkshire tea is definitely good teacher fuel. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Here, here. So, about sentences, Jane? Have you, oh. uh, have you thought of a good one? Last week wasn't very snappy and punchy. 
Thanks. Is as this one got, but it was a good one. But it wasn't snappy and punchy. Has this one got a ring to it or a rhythm or I don't know? Is it good? Well, the thing is, um, yeah, this is, I think when I've been trying to sum up things before, they've been a bit enormous. And so I've I've learned from that and I'm going to, I've been doing kind of big zoom out thinking and trying to sum it up and get myself in a bit of a tangle. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to keep it simple this week. And I've done a real bit of zoom in thinking this is quite small and beautiful and so yes heather thank you for that <laughs> very for that criticism it's just you know being a supportive wife you know I, guiding you along uh yeah i've um yeah i've done lots of teaching this week and um what i want to sum up in a sentence is this pupils love to work with patterns in language and um, I don't know if you know the poem. Um, it's a bit of a, you, you probably won't. It's a bit left field. Uh, it's not actually a poem we probably um, use with children, but there's a line in there that I just, I, I feel very sticky towards. I often call line sticker, you know, like high stickability, a bit of Velcro. You can't stop thinking about it. And it's a line from Elizabeth bishop's poem man moth half man half moth but um yeah there's it goes like this uh, cracks in the buildings are filled with battered moonlight and um i just it's one of those lines that just stuck in my head and um when working you know with building writing and kind of cityscapes um this week it it came to my mind and that actually battered moonlight you know how injured the moon is I was thinking "Mm, if we could imagine talking to children about this like the moon is different materials like it might be paper you know and if it was paper how would it get hurt it'd be crumpled torn ripped moonlight creased moonlight and if the moon was glass, you know, and it it was being hurt, it'd be broken moonlight, shattered moonlight. And then we then we kind of went a bit weirder, you know, like what if it was wood, you know, splintered moonlight, fractured moonlight, snapped, decayed moonlight. And then we were working on the like the slow construction of a sentence and not rushing on and crafting it up and knocking it around into shape. And, uh, oh, you you know this. We live this as teachers. You know, like that blow-your-mind moment. This year four people wrote, um, the creaking splits in the skyscrapers are sliced with splintered sunlight. And you just go, what? Yes. That's a bit mind-blowingly good. And um, I just love teaching writing. And I think it's about giving children like really little micro schemas, you know, yes. you, you can do this, you can do this, you can, you can mimic this. And, um, but I'm not, it's not about being close procedure. I, I want to take you somewhere and then, and then launch you off. You know, it's not about replacing one word, but if they can see kind of a, a guiding bit of thinking, you know, to yeah. start them off. It's, I mean, 
Yeah, so that's that's mine this week. Patterns, basically, I suppose. I love that. I love that. I love teaching writing as well. It is that thing with there's how you just oh, nurture them through until they come out with just pure sentences and bits and bobs of joy. I love it's that. Great. It's great. I uh, think the other thing about, I'll just say this about kids, what I truly adore um I know we want to be advocates of great readers make great writers but there is something also really fascinating about a child who doesn't read who you're trying to get them into writing because they might find that as a kind of a springboard into reading you know it might be a bit arse over tit pg rating we can say that um (laughs) but I've actually lost my PG list of words I can say. This could be a disaster. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> uh, but basically, um, there's something actually really um, wonderful and a little bit fragile about children trying to write where they then they don't know all the um, cliches, where they don't know the well-trodden things you should say because their ideas are just so off the wall and zany and brilliant aren't they you know really challenge us Uh, um, I feel like we should tell the listeners that we don't always know what each other's sentence is going to be but we've obviously been thinking along the same lines um because my sentence this week is inspired by National Poetry Day we're actually recording on National Poetry Day um so we're, we're kind of It'll be a bit after that when you hear this. Um, So my sentence is, poetry is for life, not just for Chris. I mean, poetry day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so clever. Uh, And it's a bit, it's a bit like those kind of, you know, people who just go all out on World Book Day and then they don't really, you know, do it any other day. Poetry is one of those things that can sometimes fall fall off the edge of the curriculum can't it I think sometimes teachers maybe lack confidence in it um or just think oh what's the point in that um or they you know we're time tight aren't we um yeah so I I think we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're weaving that poetry in I was trying to think about my experience of poetry at school um and it's not great memory, Jane. At sec- <laughs> secondary school, the rhyme of the ancient mariner. Do you? Oh, did you? No. Oh my goodness! It's so long, and I just remember probably like about three years of my English lessons, <laughs> 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 like, just studying this poem, oh. and just oh, <laughs> that's that's it harsh. Absolutely killed it, killed yeah. it, and. I did have another little read that like this week and thought, actually, it's some really good stuff there. That's why it's, you know, maybe famous. But I, I just remember absolutely hating it and thinking, sometimes we overkill on the kind of, and what does that bit mean? And what device is that? Yeah, yeah. But poetry is there to be performed and, and shared and felt, isn't it? And I think, you know, we need to think about how we're putting that into the curriculum. Um not just, you know, analysis or comprehension lessons on poetry, but making sure that we let kids play with words because that feeds into their their other writing. I was yeah. thinking about great poem models. You said about patterns, and yeah. that's a 
brilliant thing about poems is now I was thinking about favourite models that I've used, um, Charge of the Light Brigade, linking it with some kind of war poetry, writing and war horse and a beautiful book. I don't know whether you've come across this picture book. I think it's out of print now, but it's called Once Upon a Northern Night. Ooh. Oh, it's beautiful and we used to use it in year five as a model and then that became the poem that was inside the year five Christmas card absolutely gorgeous gorgeous lesson um yeah some some fave poems there so I was thinking about yeah we give them a model and then kids can have a go So I was, I was thinking about a model for you, Jane, um, and <laughs> you know, we talked about where we're up to in this podcast um, wife relationship. <laughs> oh, so I thought, I, I thought I would write you a love note. I thought I would write you a poem <laughs> yeah, okay. in, the form, in the form of a Kenning's poem. Oh. So a Kenning is a compound expression with a metaphorical meaning. So I, I think I can definitely do the compound bit. I have no idea whether I can hit the heady heights of metaphorical meaning. Um, but yeah, this 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 is a, a poem that I've written for you, Jane. Stay serious. Oh. And um, <laughs> feel free to use the model to uh, to write one in, in return. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this poem is called Jane. Trainer, wearer, frequent swearer, my podcast wife. Party raver, planning lifesaver, my podcast wife. Cackling snorter, quick-witted retorter, my podcast wife. Deep thinker, she's got me hook, line and sinker, my podcast wife. Well, what you don't know about me, Heather, is that I'm a bit of a softie and um, that's a little bit too much for me. But thank <laughs> you, my Liverpudlian lover. That's so gorgeous. <laughs> oh, love that. Oh, God, I hate that when that happens. You have a wave of like you're going to be a twat and cry. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that word's on the list. <laughs> yeah, Fufu's on the list. Yeah, splice that out. Oh, Bleep that one out. Yeah. yeah, love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. How does your husband feel about this uh, This sort of newly blossoming and flourishing thing that's happening? I mean, well, I think there's a difference in our marriages there because your wonderful husband gets to listen to us while he is producing the podcast and listening to our beautiful tones over and over again uh, my husband not really listening to the podcast so we can say what we want <laughs> <laughs> oh good because I'm trying to yeah there's a joke there I'm not going to do that I'm going to think about it right okay <laughs> well that that's that's gone deep very quick like it love it Um, so, uh, other things we want to talk about is uh, meeting the wonderful Sarah, who is a head teacher, a 
and she's been a head teacher for many, many years and has advertised on Twitter uh, with, a, with an X tweet, I don't know what the hell we call them anymore, to say it's all coming to a close and people have gathered around her and rallied around her and there's a lot of people in teaching who are coming to the end of their time and actually this has just been a tour de force um, with people um, talking about what their lasts are going to be you know the last time you have a harvest festival uh, but it's not just about the harvest festival actually uh, before I te- uh, meet Sarah uh, I did want to say do you know how large pumpkins are going to be this year um no <laughs> Oh, it's a bit out there. Go on. I know. I I have just heard on the grapevine they're going to be very big this year because of the July. uh, Do they grow on a grapevine? I don't know. know. (laughs) They're going to be big. Anyway. Oh, okay. Other fun facts you might want. It does a bit left field, but hey. Yeah, it's a little little bit out there. But speaking of... um, teachers who are retiring this year uh, this afternoon I was um, at the uh, author tour with with Maz Evans and there's a very interactive part in the presentation um, where she gets some teachers up to uh, to get involved um, one teacher was already called up and she said can you nominate somebody else from your school and he said I'm going to pick this teacher because she's retiring this year uh, this teacher brilliantly got up, joined in, and oh my goodness, she had so much fun. There was woo, there was, <laughs> was like loads, of, and I just thought that's the joy of somebody who can see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> oh, every time you mention Maz Evans, I always um, want to sing in the background. Who let the guards out? Who, 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 who? <laughs> I've been singing that lots of times this week. (laughs) Should we get our guest in? Yeah, brilliant. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the Teacher Squad podcast. Hello, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Jane, do we have a few warm up questions to just, you know, make Sarah feel nice and comfortable? Well, you know me, I'll just, I'll just go straight for the biscuits. It, do you know what? Is it biscuits, Sarah? Or do you think it's better that we think about some healthy choices? You know, there's a lot of, you know, what should we be doing to kind of keep the team morale high? What do you reckon? Uh, straight into biscuits. <laughs> Second choice, Harry Bow, but that's... <gasps> what Harry Bow, though? What Harry Bow... Well, Harry, what I have with little tiny jelly babies, the really little tiny ones. Oh, I'm I a fizzy cherry. This. I'm a fat strawberry. Love that. <laughs> what, what, what Haribo do you identify as? <laughs> You're never a fat strawberry. <laughs> but what biscuits would you give Ofsted? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd Ofsted, rich tea. You bitch. <laughs> Nothing more. I'd go with a, an Aldi version. I wouldn't even buy the, the proper thing. <laughs> oh, I like your style. Oh, 
I am loving that. Can this is this is a just a fun question. We would never assume that you would do this, Sarah. But say there was a school event coming up that you thought, you know what, I really don't like that. Maybe it's the school disco. Maybe it's the harvest service. What are you going to fake a bit of COVID for, so that one of the other senior teachers has to cover it for you? Oh, this is going to sound awful, but it would be Christmas. What? I know. I, I really, really don't like Christmas. And I'm fed up with it in primary, in, you know, in school. I get fed up with Christmas. By the time the term's finished, I'm done with Christmas. And I actually did it last year. I did have COVID for the Christmas week. My TA loves Christmas. She is like Mother Christmas. So it worked out well. I didn't have to do it. She did it. I got sent little cute videos and... Yeah, but don't tell the kids. No, no. I'm the grease. What gets on your nerves about Christmas? It just goes on so long. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. It is a bit long and drawn out. You know, when you go to a school and in November, you know, there's uh, Mrs. Gibbs handing out the scripts and, you know, some kids have to be a snowflake or something, wear lycra. That was my son, Oscar, poor lad. Didn't fancy that. Oh, no, I, I love all that. Anyway, let's get to some serious questions. So we, like we said, we are really happy that you're here. But what sparked getting you on was a, a tweet that you uh, put on Twitter or X, whichever you call it, um, saying that my last year of teaching approaches during this year, I shall be reflecting on all the lasts in what I think will highlight the idiosyncratic, repetitive and quite frankly absurd nature of a lifetime teaching in primary schools in the UK. Watch this space. So I believe you've been teaching for 34 years. So we've got a big window of time to um, to discuss. So what lasts have you had so far? Well, I think I started with my last transition day because obviously next this year I won't be having a transition day. They'll just kick me out somewhere and whoever's taking over will be <laughs> doing my transition day. So that was that was the, the first one. Then I think it was um, inset days. Um, and then sort of the honeymoon period. And I might have done another one since then. But, you know, the class coming back to school, the slippery, the, down the slippery pole again for another year to back to trying to teach them the same things that you'd taught them all last year. That's the way I've done so far, I think. And how have you felt about those? Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because I'm taking off and part of me is so excited to be getting on and doing other things. Um but I am going to miss it. I'm really going to miss it. Some things I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss a lot of the admin stuff, but I will miss the people. And so it it does feel weird ticking them off. And it doesn't quite feel real. It feels like something I'm writing about, but that isn't going to happen. But it is. <laughs> but as you write about it um, on X, what I've noticed is just this sort of gathering of people who are also experiencing their last two and are coming up to retirement. And it's it's just dawning on them that actually this will not be how their year, day, life will roll uh, once you've made that decision. And, um, you know, it's that sharing and talking about those kind of momentous times that will never shape up your timetable ever again um what 
in the last 30 odd years has changed so much, do you think? And, and what stayed the same? I think what stayed the same is, is children. Children never change. And teachers, the mix of teachers you get, the, the teaching assistants, the, you know, everybody in the school, you all, they, they don't change. What has changed is, is almost everything else. You know, when I started teaching, it was chalkboards, it was bander machines, it was uh, look and read on the look and read on the telly. Uh, Ofsted, I think, had just come in. I think, and the national curriculum was in my training year that we were given those big folders that I then used to prop my door open. I've always been. <laughs> I've I've always been a bit of a rebel, a bit of a maverick, and looked at things that I think that's useless and and really not done them until someone's made me do them. So the the yeah the national curriculum came in, Ofsted came in. The first school I worked in, Ofsted wouldn't come near. It was it had quite a reputation, um, but now everything is yeah everybody's waiting for Ofsted. Everything is done for Ofsted although not in my school we don't do everything for Ofsted but you've always got it in the back of you very soon so I wouldn't be giving them the rich tea obviously go with uh, something a little bit a little bit more chocolatey for them but um I think the thing that I notice and um is that everything is now becoming off the shelf planned by teams with powerpoints um and I'm going to sound like a, an old grouch here, but I feel a lot of the imagination, the the topic planning, the integration of subjects, the bit where you just go, I know, I'll do that, in so many schools is starting to go. Um, I still feel that we're one of the last bastions of we still teach very much like that. Um, and I know there are others out there, but I think when I see students coming in, you know, and the first thing they've got is a PowerPoint for every lesson. And I just think, oh, that, that's changed for me. But that, you know, they, they will have their generation. Kids will still learn because kids are still kids and it'll it'll be fine. But it's not it's not what I like to to do and how I like to roll, really. Yeah. And um, God, there's so much locked in there. But that sort of making learning live and breathe live in the moment, you know, responding to children, um, I, I think... It's it's really tricky, isn't it? You know, like a PowerPoint, it, it's when it becomes, you know, like painting by numbers, everything's just flat and, you know, it, it's it's not unleashing learning in any way. I just think I, I'm absolutely with you. It just kind of kills it sometimes before it begins. Um, what, what about, I'll go back to... Um, you know what was on the telly? Uh, look and what was it? What did you say? I'm thinking words and pictures. Was, but you didn't no, say that. Look and read. No, words and pictures. Words and pictures was it with them? No words I'm and pictures. Build, I'm going to build myself a word with wordy. Oh yeah, loved him. The floating <laughs> head with two big eyes and yeah, we, we've lost all the ECTs there. I reckon they won't have a clue what we're on about. But yeah. Um, it's 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 wonderful though how you've kind of captured that kind of the constants of children's excitement for learning though that that is always going to be the same. Yeah, wonderful. I think El Nombre was my favourite. He was on some counting program and he was a little Mexican. What would he have been like a gopher or something? And he was teaching children to count and he had four four digits on each hand. 
<laughs> this sounds like Michael Dove and his Roman numerals, you know, like, hello. Or let's do times tables till 12. And the point exactly. is. Yeah. Shillings. Shillings. I used to love it when the telly got wheeled out. That's yeah. way more exciting than a PowerPoint. I think, yeah, <laughs> kids aren't going to go, oh, I remember that lesson when Miss put that PowerPoint on. Oh, it really got me. Yeah. Are they? <laughs> no. uh, I'd like to talk about what what it what is it that you're really really going to miss? People, mm. being being with people. I'm a massively social creature. Um, we the school I work in, we laugh every single day. We're like a family with everything that entails. You know, when we've been together too long, you know, when it's approaching the end of term, we fall out. But most of the time, you know, we we never leave the staff room without somebody in tears of laughter. Um, the stories, the kids, you know, they keep you young. Um, that I, I'll miss all that, everything. I, I'll miss being creative. I'll have to find other ways to be creative. But I'll miss the the mind work that it gives you, the buzz. Um, that's what I miss. I love and that. It, it does make you creative, doesn't it? Kind of even just in those little moments of kind of problem solving and what are we going to do for this? It, it it does keep your brain sparky, doesn't it? It does. It keeps you young. And in terms of creativity, I mean, um, you know, obviously it's the creativity of teaching, but has there been subjects that you've loved during those years, Sarah? I've always loved teaching English. Yeah despite my tweets lamenting the uh, lack of past tense in, in the children's stories and that kind of thing. But I've, I've always <laughs> loved teaching English and I've always loved teaching art, history, because I studied art history at uni, so art and history. I've loved teaching sport. Well, you, probably the things I don't love teaching is DT. That can do one as far as I'm concerned. That can yeah. go straight in. Apart from yeah. sticking a few boxes together, that can go. Um <laughs> And the boring bits of computing where you have to learn how the computer works. Yeah. Because I, I don't like that. Other people love it, but to me, that's really boring. Yeah. The rest of it, the rest of it, I could teach it all. Yeah, great. And your favourite year, would you say, if I cornered you? Yeah, well, you don't need to call me. Call me. Uh, yeah. Currently, I teach year five, six, and I've been doing it for, I think I've probably been doing it for about 20 years, 19 oh my God. Years. I know they've never let me out. <laughs> um, but I love year six. Yeah. I've got a mix, I've got a mixed class. I have a few of the five year fives and I have the year sixes. And you know, they can be an absolute pain in the bum, can't they, with all their falling out and falling in and being too sassy and you know, getting yeah. all demob happy and the sats and everything. But I love I just love their fun. Yeah. And their humour. Yeah. And sex education, do you like doing that in year five uh, and six? I, I don't. I have to send my teaching assistant out because we can't look at each other. We just, <laughs> and I pop the little film on and I go in the cupboard. Yeah. I, I like teaching sex education. There's a kind of like, I don't know, there's like a power shift, isn't there, where you're looking at them right in the eye and saying <laughs> yeah, all these yeah. things and they're all kind of squirming and going, oh, Missy's yeah. saying that. I kind of quite enjoy the squirminess. <laughs> I think in I think in reality when you when you actually teach the lesson it's fine but it's just that thought of oh god I've got to teach this lot of sex education yeah and is there any it's, questions it's, oh that's the bit I hate yeah yeah any questions oh and god. they get what 
once. <laughs> once, yeah. yeah. Please don't start it with the word once. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. We always used to do sealed box questions. So you just write Clever. them, pop them in the box, and then we deal with them, them yeah. that way. As an experienced Upper Key Stage 2 teacher then, coming to the end of your career, what, what words of advice would you have for our newbies who are in year five and six? Um, I would say have, particularly year six, if you're, if you're just looking towards getting them ready for high school, that to me that to me is the most important bit of my job is A, they've got to enjoy themselves and learn and B, they've got to get ready for that transition to high school. Secondary to that is the SATs and they are a pain, but we do have to do them. But like start your campaign early. Know, know where you're starting, know where you're going and feed it in little by little. Um, and don't overwhelm them. I've never done after-school SATs clubs. I've never done lunchtime SATs clubs. I've never sent homework home for SATs. I don't send homework home for anything, actually, apart from reading and spellings and tables, but never sent that home. Never started doing SATs proper until February, but I feed it in. It's like hiding children's vegetables in their potato. You know, it's that sort of thing. Is sort of make the questions that you ask them like the questions they'll get in the SATs papers in the normal lessons. Start using the language and preparing them on things like the arithmetic. If you, you know, don't, don't think the more you do of the tech, giving them SATs papers is going to make them pass the SATs because it's not. And mine have always done fine and they're always happy. None of my kids have ever cried, even last year when the reading paper was really awful. They were all absolutely fine. Right. And they said, oh, you said we wouldn't get through it because we don't read very much. I said, well, there you go. But that... <laughs> <laughs> and just your, your kids are happy. They're happy kids. Have, well, they, they might disagree, but have fun. You know, go out and go for walks with them and, and go on the residential and have what one thing that we do is when it's someone's birthday we put on the board um stevie wonder happy birthday and we all get up and dance like crazy people and they love that like they love a little bit of what they think is a bit risque you know that we're up there dancing we're doing things that we're not supposed to and we're playing a few games here and there so yeah you're still gonna do that once you've left you're just gonna have your own stevie wonder moment yeah just on my own birthday i'll do that yeah oh just me just stevie wonder <laughs> Yeah, good Me shout. and the cat will do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think I like the way, though, that you see the child as a whole. I think sometimes we just see year six pupils as like just a data floating above their head and actually thinking about them as the the whole child and, and their whole journey as well. You know, the, the end of key stage two is not a cliff face that so we just don't think about. They've got a whole kind of education journey ahead of them, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, they have a whole they have a whole life outside of the classroom. You know, I don't delve too deeply into it. That's that's my TA's job. She knows who's who's having a little romance with who, and all that stuff is so much more important oh. than simplifying fractions. You know, so. God, that's where I'm going wrong. God, I'm so worried about these fractions. Got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But overall, as as it kind of all of this comes to a close and uh, the rest of the world opens up for you, um, mm. what, what what are you thinking about doing, or don't you know? 
Well, I want I want to travel. And one of my sort of chief reasons for retiring is my husband has already retired. He's a little bit older than me, and um, we want to go off and travel and go places that you're you can't really go during school holidays because they're the other side of the world and it's the wrong timings and everybody else is going on really expensive flights. So we want to go and do that. We bought a camper van, which will oh, be ready soon. Wow. We're going to go off and do camper van. I'm going to I paint, so I'm going to do a lot more painting. And I'm going to be going up to school and volunteering because I'll miss it. So. Oh, that's so nice. I like that because that kind of weeds you off yeah, it yeah. as well. And still you get to go back in and get all the best bits without any of the stress and the, the paperwork. Oh, exactly. exactly, yeah. Are you going to be taking... Oh, sorry, I was asking another question go then, Jane. Then. It just right, popped babe. in my mind. I was kind <laughs> of thinking, you know... It. You know, no, like film stars sometimes when they go, that's yeah. a wrap, and they've finished the, the film. They kind of sneak a little bit of memorabilia yeah. off the set. Uh, are you going to sneak something off the set of school? Well, I tell you, if any of my staff listen to this, I'm taking my trolley. Okay, you mustn't tell anyone this, but we've got an Aldi trolley at school that we <gasps> came by. We came by for a school play, and it's my <laughs> precious, my most precious bit of kit. It's never gone back. Sorry, Aldi. And uh, it's very, very useful. I wheel everything around in my trolley at work. It's become a weaving trolley this week. Very useful. So I might sneak the trolley out. Oh, it's become uh, a what trolley? A weaving trolley. We're, we're weaving. So we've got the balls of wool in the trolley and then poke the bit out of the trolley that you need to pull so it doesn't all get tangled up. It has so become Every school needs a trolley. Yeah. 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 I'll take I'll take you said that you should have been creative. your advice. <laughs> I'm taking the trolley. I think that is a that I'm so glad I asked that question now because an Aldi trolley was not what I was expecting at all. Um, but yeah, amazing. I could take something a little bit more memorable and just nick an Aldi trolley. <laughs> no. no, no, it has to be the trolley. Yeah. I love that. Oh, thanks, Sarah. You have been wonderful. You, your Aldi trolley and <laughs> all of your wonderful lasts and building a happy classroom for your children. Thanks. Well, oh, go forth laugh. and enjoy your retirement. Thank yes, you, lady. we're going to be very jealous and watching your adventures. Yeah. Hope you have a blast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you. Oh, that was great, wasn't it, Jane? I think um, I think every school should have one of those um, shopping trolleys. I think they're available at most supermarkets for only uh, a pound. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Is that, that the scouser in me? <laughs> Sorry about that. No, don't oh, no. don't go getting trolleys. I think that's a good idea. Good, love that. Tro but you can have like you know, topic trolleys, theme trolleys. Get the bloody trolley. Love it. Right. Um, <laughs> Should we do some wonder words? Yes. What are you going to uh, share with us? Well, I don't know if this could actually end up being a new feature. I don't know. I'll have a think about it. Um, this is a poem, of course, because of uh, National Poetry Day. And uh, it's it's got a word in it that gets a lot of bad press in schools. It's got the word nice in it. And um, sometimes it's a bit of a band word, isn't it? Nice. It, it doesn't really do enough. But 
this poem is about that nice uh, can be a bit Goldilocks. You know, sometimes it's just right. And uh, this is a poem by A.F. Harold. Say something nice. Every now and then, say something nice. Say it to a friend. Say it to a teacher. Say it to your sister or brother, your father or mother. Say something nice like, you remind me of flowers or your hair is like fresh bread or I like sausages or you're better than asparagus or I like you more than Simon. Just say something nice to make them feel good. The world is sometimes grey and things go wrong, but a kind word and a smile can turn it back around. Say something nice like, that wasn't a very good poem, but I liked it when it stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just thought, you know, say something nice. I was going to give the squatters, the the regulars, the listeners, um, like we could have school-themed Say Something Nice. Be on the lookout, please, everybody. This week, it has to interface with reality. You can't just, can't be um, disingenuous. It can't be just fake. We're not having any fakery. But if the moment occurs, um, you can say, I like your flats. Thanks for wearing flats. That's good for good teaching, good flats, good trainers. Or you might say, you're brill at reading aloud. That's what I always want to say to you. You're brill at reading aloud. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's our, our nice challenge this week to everybody. I like it. Well read, Jane. Well, is it my turn? Yeah. Can I go for it? I feel like I just need to uh, loosen up and uh you know, get ready to bring it because I did hint that I might be sharing from Oh My Gods, which is Maz Evans' first book in a new trilogy, um, kind of a follow-on from the Who Let the Gods Out series. So teachers up and down the land will be grateful that we now have an amazing book to go with the history topic Mayans. Um, And I discovered this week whilst um, Maz was performing to the the, uh, the children at the author events, um, a game, a Mayan game, is called Pocketock. And um, this point of the book are two new characters. So we've got Vespa, who loves football, so that links in this little section. And then we've got super bright Asta, and uh, they're about to play this important game of Pocketock. Uh, and it's not just a game, uh, you know, saving the world kind of depends on this. Mm. And um, Shaq, who is one of the immortals, who is very overexcited, uh, is about to explain what the game is. So you um, are you ready for this? It okay. might get a bit loud. I may have no voice at the end of it. And I can only apologise, Maz, if mine is not as good as your reading aloud, but I'm going to go for it. I'm loosening up. I am ready. Let's do this! 
boomed Shaq a short while later in the chariot park outside the Omnithian. Time for a team talk. Let's play Puckatuck or Puckatuck or Delachi or Pits or Ball Game. Different name, same game. Woohoo! Yeah! Vespa tried to sigh quietly. They'd only been with the Maya rain god five minutes and she was already exhausted. The man had more energy than a solar panel. He was dressed in the traditional attire of a Maya sportsman, or so Aster had told her, though it looked like a large nappy. It was, in fact, a skirt with a wide belt around his waist. He had padding on both knees and one elbow, and his head was adorned with an elaborate headdress, the face of a fanged snake surrounded with feathers. Vespa would never moan about her team's kit again. But unlike a traditional Maya sportsman, Shaq's gear was covered from head to toe in chocolate sponsorship slogans. And judging by his energy levels, he was on one massive sugar high. Okay, so rule one. Yeah, Shaq chanted. Two teams of two have to score the most points to win. Team model for the win. He held up his hands for a high five. Aster half-heartedly obliged, then recoiled as his arm was nearly blown out of its socket by the rain god. Rule two, Shaq continued. You cannot strike the ball with your hands, head or feet. What? Vespa cried, shooting Aster a dirty look. So it's not like football at all. I can't use my feet. I know, it's awesome, Shaq confirmed, raising his fingers in a rock salute. But you may strike the ball with another part of your body. Knees, hips, chest, elbow, ha, ha, ha. Shaq let out a series of excited grunts. Vespa shook her head. Her feet were magic. That was how she always won. Could she really play without using them? Rule three, the rain god continued, pointing to the hastily chalked massive eye shape in the tarmac. There are two ways you could score points. You get the ball over the line and into your end zone for one point. He pointed to the top and bottom sections of the eye. Or for 20 points, woohoo! You get it through the hoop, said Shaq, pointing to the tire he had dangled from a lamppost. It's super hard, impossible almost, to score through the hoop. But because first to 20 points wins, it means you'll win the game. Oof, oof, oof. Vespa's mind flitted back to a missed penalty that had seemed so serious yesterday. But if she messed up this game, there was a lot more at stake than a place in the national squad. Oh, God. That's a bit of... Whoa! Yeah! (laughs) Go hard! Yes! Love it. <laughs> I'm a bit exhausted now. I mean, Maz yeah. does it way better than me. And if you want to hear the proper version, she actually um, does her own audio book for the series. So, but yeah, she's super cool. Yeah, yeah. go for it. But um, yeah, it's so, it's so wonderful, isn't it? Having a female writer do that kind of big sports scene, uh, you know, that you can visualize uh, in a lot of detail. Yeah, great, great writing. Great writing. Oh, yeah. Uh, loads of kids love the book, and it's great to see the kind of children's faces engaging with it and laughing at the fun stuff. But, you know, that story that's driving through and the connection with characters uh, is, is there as well. So it's great. Oh, thank you, Heather. Love that. Um, so we've come to another, well, the end of another 
great podcast. Um, I've um, enjoyed every moment of it and want to say um, heart bursts. From Jane and big love. From Heather. And everybody remember, you can listen to us on Alexa now. Uh, Just have a little chat with her and Heather and I will pop up. (laughs) See you next week, everyone. See you next week.